Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Kind of walk us through a little bit uh, of what we kind of talked about last week just to get us to where we're going to go. But last week we, we celebrated uh, Jesus making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and how the people threw down their cloaks and they threw down their palm branches in reverence to uh, Jesus. And, and all of that was because they believed um, that hope had come, that uh, the king was here and victory was um, eminent over their uh, oppressor, uh, the Romans. Yet, as we found out, Jesus didn't come to be their political king. He became he came to become their, their spiritual king. Uh, eventually, at some point, he will be the political king when he comes back again. But he came to be their spiritual king. And then in this week, what which, which we call the Passion Week on the Thursday, Jesus was arrested. He was beaten. He was tortured, right? And then Friday came. And we call this Good Friday, although... Uh, for Jesus, I don't know if it was a good Friday per se. Um, it was a good Friday for us, for sure, because um, Jesus didn't just take on our sin and our struggles and all of our issues. How many have issues? Anybody got issues? Yeah, we got issues, right? I'm right there with you. But he not only took it on, but he became all of it, right? He became all of our past struggles. Uh, the stuff that we're dealing with right now, the stuff, um, even what you will deal with in the future, Jesus took all of that. And you might say, well, that's hard to believe. Why would he do that? Well, you know what? He hung on this cross because to him, you were valuable. To him, you were worth it. To him, he looks at you and doesn't say you're damaged goods, right? Or you're fragile or, or someone, you know, that can be just overlooked. Have you ever felt overlooked at times? I remember, you know, growing up a kid and, you know, when they had to pick teams, right? And you're always like, oh, I'm going to be the last one picked. Oh, no, I don't want to be the last one picked. Well, you know what? Jesus doesn't pick you last. You're not overlooked, Right? And that's something that I think all of us need to, to get inside of us. You know what? Jesus doesn't overlook me. He really doesn't. No matter where you're at on your relationship level with God, Jesus in no way, shape, or form overlooks you. But he saw each and every one of us on the cross and he deemed us lovable. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're lovable. And, and what we want to do is we want to kind of unpack that today. Because Easter, right, is so much more than egg hunts and peeps and chocolate eggs. I mean, plus, can you even believe this, that peeps and Pepsi got together to mix into a drink? Gross, right? I guess they would call it Peepsy. I've been working on that all day long, right? But I, I guess I, that just sounds gross. I don't, I don't really know. I won't drink it. I promise. I'm, not, I'm never going to drink it. But guess who bought it? My wife. 
right? It's like, there's the fish hook, let's pull her in. Yeah, we got her, right? Because it's something, ooh, look at that. But Easter is so much more than dressing up as a, in a rabbit costume. And don't get me wrong, it is all fun. But Easter is so significant. Because on that Friday when Jesus died, then Saturday came and you know what? There was this break. And I've wondered, you know, whether the disciples and all the people that followed him, where are they going? Like, man, is he really going to raise from the dead? Is he really going to come back to life like he said? So I get the picture of Saturday just being silent. How many like silence? Some do, some don't, right? You know, it's like, silence? No, I don't want that. But here, that Saturday was silent. But I think also, too, that that silence on the Saturday was a setup for Sunday, right? Three days after he was crucified, he came up out of the grave in resurrection power. Man, he hit the earth and everything began to shift. And in Matthew 20, as he made his way to Jerusalem, Jesus even predicted his own death. He took his disciples aside and talked to them about what would happen when they arrived. And so this is what it says in Matthew 20, verse 17 and 19. If you got your Bibles, great. If not, it'll be right here on the board for you. Or I like to call it sometimes the sky Bible, right? Because it's a, we'll get the words on there. It's up in the sky. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Hopefully you're tracking with me, right? Okay. So it says this, as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside privately and told them what was going to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the son of man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with a whip and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus remains the most complete game-changing moment of all time because it really changed everything. Jesus took these 12 misfits, right? And he called them disciples. They were farmers, a tax collector. They were fishermen. But in that group, they ended up multiplying. Out of 12, they multiplied because something happened. Something true came about. It even says, like I, I did a little, a tiny little bit of research here. But it says, now, there, there are now one out of every three people on this planet or 2.5 billion people who identify themselves as Christian. Now, that's a current thing, but man, sometimes you wonder about this world these days. But see, it literally shifted everything. It, it split our calendar, right, from AD to BC. I mean, there is no other event. It's amazing how there is no other event that has impacted the world as much as the resurrection of Christ. Now, let me, let me kind of, before we get some more further along, let me give you some interesting facts about this. Now, this comes from some scholars and, and some just historical facts. But, but Jesus never wrote a book, yet there are more books written about Jesus than any other subject in the world. Now, we're talking about change, right? Things shifted when Jesus was resurrected. Jesus never wrote any music or songs. 
Yet there have been more music written about Jesus than any other subject. Literally thousands and thousands of songs have been written about him. Now, we have no idea whether Jesus was an artist, right? Um, unless maybe you count when he was doodling in the dirt when, it, when, they were in, when he encountered the, the lady who was caught in adultery, and he they says he was kind of doodling in the, in the thing. So maybe he was creating a picture. I really don't know. Or it doesn't say anything about him being a sculpture guy. But there are more sculptures around the subject of Jesus than any other subject in history. And then... The region he ministered was never more than 100 miles from where he was born. Yet, you can find his followers all over the planet. Something shifted. Something changed. The resurrection of Christ, Christianity spread because the resurrection was true. It was true. And the thing about it, too, it, it's not just okay news. It's not just decent news. It's good news. Amen? Yeah. The gospel is called good news, and man, it is truthfully really great news. And Christianity or, or being a Christian is not about a religious moment. It's not about rules and regulations. It's not about a legalistic approach. See, God is not looking for perfection. I, I need someone to hear that. God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for your heart. That's what he wants. Because if God was looking for perfection, I'm gone. I'm out of here, man. He would have zapped me already. I would have been toast. But he can at least look at my heart and say, no, I know Pastor Scott's heart. I know where he's going. I know what he desires in his life. But I, I can't say I'm perfect. And my wife would agree, right? I don't make the bed when I'm supposed to. I just don't. Although I try to scramble back sometimes before she gets home. So I can kind of cover that up, right? Right? And the thing here about LCF is the fact that, you know what? You can belong before you even believe at this church. You can belong before you even believe. Because what we know to be true is this, that the closer you get to Jesus, the more you will realize you don't really need to live this old way. Right? You might start off with all of your stuff, all of your mess, but as I said, then we realize that the closer you get to Jesus, the more you start to understand, man, I don't need to live in this old way anymore. You know, once you get to close to Jesus, you realize that the things that once, you know, kind of enticed you or drew you or pulled you kind of like a moth to a light, you know, those little buzz things, you know, remember bugs? That Disney, Pixar movie, and whatever, right? Don't go to the light. Don't go to the light. And then went to the light and zzz, right? Okay? Same principle. That's kind of like sin in a sense. Don't go. Don't go. Oh, man. But see, we realize the more we pull or we get closer to Jesus, the more we understand, you know what? Those things aren't going to draw me anymore towards living this life. 
because I realize I can have a better life. And being a Christian is literally every one of us who has made Jesus the Lord of our life helps us. We know that we are growing. We are in process of growing to be more and more like Jesus every day. We're not perfect. Sometimes I think when people think about Christianity, they think, well, man, no, they just think they're perfect people. We're not perfect people. But we're people who have a heart for Jesus that are on this journey and we're trying to be more like Jesus every single day. But we're not perfect. And, 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 and the thing about it, right, is the fact that we all, Every single person on, on the face of this earth have, has access to, to, the, to a walk with Jesus. If they will choose it, right? And I was thinking about this. I was kind of processing through this. And I started to think about the phrase, same proximity, different value. Same proximity, different value. Now, let me kind of give you an example of this a little bit, at least in my head how it works. Every morning, I wake up in proximity to a keyboard that is in my bedroom, which is my wife's. Now, Heather values the gift more than I do because she can play the keyboard. I can't, right? Both of us have access to the keyboard, but only one of us sees the value and only one of us uses it. See, when she sees it, she thinks of the potential. She sees, I can play this thing. We can get some songs banged out of there. We, we can do this thing. But when I see it, I see it as furniture that I can put clothes on. <laughs> and unfortunately, that really does happen. <laughs> amen? She's all, amen, go, brother. Right? I just kind of see it as furniture because I can't play it. So it's just like, oh, I'll just put my shirt here. Oh, I'll just put, you know, whatever it is. But here's the point where I'm trying to get to, is I, th I think it's interesting how two people can have the same proximity to something, but their value of it, value of it is so greatly different. We have this incredible gift, this gift of Jesus. And I think the, 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 the dilemma is similar. Because most people have heard about Jesus, they've heard about this gift, and are around those or in proximity to those who have chosen to follow and value him, yet they still choose to flee from him. Right? Yeah, I mean, that might be the reason you're here today, is because you're around someone who, who values Jesus, and so you're in proximity to them. But maybe in your life, you're still kind of struggling with the fact that, yeah, I, I, I just haven't seen any value in what it means to serve him. I haven't seen any value. I don't know what the value is. But what I, 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 I think is, is, is amazing, though, wherever you are at, no matter where that is today, every single person is in proximity to him in proximity to, to, to the one who sees us, who knows us, who wants a relationship with us. You are in proximity to Jesus. Now it's just a matter of whether or not you will value that proximity. 
Will I value putting Jesus first in my life? You know, and, and really, you know, some will choose to follow and others will choose to, to go, the, go it alone. And so if you're here, right, and because, you know, and because it's Easter and you probably get a good lunch out of this, right, um, or maybe you just felt obligated, can I, can I just tell you this truth? That Jesus is just one mention of his name away from being right there in your life. Jesus is just one mention away from being right there in our life. Now, understand this. It's not using his name in vain. Because, you know, sometimes that happens. People, you know, say that, oh, yeah, well, I said his name. Yeah, but you said it in vain, right? God's not in, into that. But it's actually a real heart-motivated cry out to the Lord, to Jesus. Jesus, I need you. I need you to be in my, man, I, I'm, I'm messed up. I'm all these, all these things. But he's one mention away. And it doesn't matter how far you strayed. Doesn't how me- matter how messed up you are. No matter, you know, the poor choices you have made. He is one mention of his name away from being right there in your life. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord might be saved. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means that your slate is wiped clean. Your sin is eradicated. You have access to the breakthrough and the restoration of the needs or anyone else, whoever does this, has access to this breakthrough and restoration in their life. But it happens when we call upon the name of Jesus with purpose. Not in vain, but with purpose. We purposely have to surrender our lives to him. And when that happens, at that moment, your debt of sin is paid in full. Hallelujah. I mean, we all have pasts. I've got a past. But man, my past has been forgiven. My debt has been paid. Now, this is a true story. You might not think it is, but it is. It's a true story. Me, me and a, 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 a few of our friends took Heather out for her birthday. And I won't say what birthday it was. It was some anniversary of her 20th birthday, right? But we took her out for her birthday, and we went to this nice place. Now, there's six of us, so you could imagine it was a nice place. And, and the fact that our, our, our bill got a bit pricey. And so when it was time to pay, you know, we all kind of got our, you know, cards out and we're trying to think, okay, how are we splitting this? How's this all going to work or whatever? But, but when it was time to pay, we gave it to the waiter. The waiter left and the waiter was gone for a long time. And we're like, oh, oh, what does that mean? Right? Did all our cards bounce or, or what? Right? But all of a sudden, here comes the manager. And we all kind of looked at each other like, uh-oh, this would be interesting. And the manager comes up and he says, hey, you know what? 
um, our card readers don't work right now. I don't know why, but they don't work. So uh, we're going to pay for your meal. We're going to give it comp it to you. It's going to be paid in full. Now, we're, you know, good Christian people. Oh, no, that, no, come on, you know, no, 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 it's comp, it's good, right? And so we got done and we're thinking, won't he do it? Yeah, right? And we're walking out and, and, I, and at the same time, we're kind of like, you know, like, okay, let's just get out of here fast before the card reader works and they come track us down. But, 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 but the thing was, right, is that it came up and said, man, your, your debt is paid in full. And so we walked out of there just knowing that. And you know what? And that, to me, I started to think about, man, that's the gospel message. That's the love story of Easter, that God loved us so much. And he loved you so much, right? That by him going to the cross, he paid the tab. He paid for all of it. He paid the debt in full. And that's grace right? Grace. Grace is that thing that God gives us that we certainly don't deserve. And because of what he has done for us, right? Forgiveness is given and eternal life is secured. Yet people still say no to God, no to Jesus. And, and, I, and thinking about it, when they say no, eventually what really what they're trying to do is say, you know what? No, I'll pay my own bill for my sin. But the thing is, you can't repay it. <laughs> eventually, when it comes time to pay, you won't be able to pay it. But see, what Jesus did, Jesus came and paid it so that when I eventually get to heaven and the Bible talks about how we will be in heaven and we get to stand before the Lord and he will, you know, look you know, we see those like, you know, cartoons at the, the pearly gates and they got a huge thing there. But if, if, if Jesus didn't pay for my sin, then I, I, I'm not going into eternity with God. I'm not going to live there. But see, people try to like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for it myself. And here's the thing about sin too is sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will cost you way more than you want to spend. That's just the truth. But see, there's good news this Easter because God's grace is available for every one of our goof-ups, every one of our mistakes, right? God's mercy is available and here's the deal. God's not mad at you. People think that. Man, I'm such a mad. God is so angry and mad at me. No, he's not mad at you. He is actually madly in love with you. No matter what you look like, no matter what your past has been, no matter what, what is going on right now, God and I'm going to give you my full. He paid our debt in full. Now, I'm going to give you my only point for today, right? And some of you are like, what? Pastor Castle, you won't point this awesome, right? But here it is. Easter's love story is this. Everybody can be set free and forgiven because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Everybody can be set free and forgiven 
because of Jesus' death and resurrection. That means everyone, anyone, everybody can be fully set free, forgiven, all because it's true. Jesus died for you, and Jesus raised again from the dead. You, no one argues that. There's, there's history. There's, there's written history that says Jesus rose from that. I mean, you even look in Scripture, and they talk about how he appeared to people. I mean, that's a pretty long lie if it didn't happen. To, to, to have people put their lives in danger for it. I don't know if I, if I, if I, you know, if I was just lying, if I would really do that. This is what John 3.16 says. It says, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. There is forgiveness in Jesus' sacrifice for us. Our part is to simply surrender. That's all it is. Surrender and and make him Lord. When it talks about kind of this this grace idea, even 1 John 1, 9 says, but if we confess our sin to him, he is faithful and just to, uh, to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Grace is involved in that. Because really, we should pay the penalty for our sin. Yet because he loves us and there's grace involved, he says, no, Jesus took all of that for you. And so I'm really grateful for grace. Right? This undeserved grace of Jesus. Hebrews 4.16 tells us, it says, let us then with confidence draw near. Now, that's a position, that's a choice, right? You have to make a choice to position yourself. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Not a throne of judgment. Are you hearing that? It's not a throne of judgment. It's a throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need, right? I mean, how many of you need mercy and need some grace in your time of need? I'm going to raise my hand. I feel like that's constant with me, right? And, and in that thought process, if there's any area of your life that you feel like there's no hope, can I tell you, 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 you have been under the influence of a lie. And, I, and this is the reason why I say that. Because in Scripture, we find out that hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus is living. And he so desires to be in your corner to fight for you, to stand with you. Right? He wants that heal your entire life from all of these mistakes, all of these things that that maybe have, have held you down or have been just struggles. He wants to come alongside, fight for you, be in your corner, say, hey, let's go. I'm going to help you through this process. Now, does it mean everything is rainbow and lollipops? No, it's not. But it's so much better walking with him. 
It's so much better having him at our side. And so what I'm believing for today is that, that that same grace we're talking about from the word that all of us, right, will experience it. Ephesians 4, 7 says this, but grace was given to each one of us, right? When salvation comes, it, it has nothing to do with status, okay? This grace, this salvation is for everyone. It says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Right? And the grace of God is not religion. It's not do this, do that. But again, it's the person of Jesus. It's one's ability to have a relationship with Jesus daily. I mean, in the natural, right, we kind of think, well, man, it, it, it's kind of undeserved. I mean, what would a holy God, why would he want to hang out with me? Why, why would he want to be a part of my life? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm wicked at times. I've got issues in my life. I've got things that, man, sometimes pop up that don't seem very godly, that seem unholy. But the thing is, is that he wants to hang out with you. He really does. He wants to be your friend, right? But see, we get it because of Jesus' obedience to go to the cross, right, to die for you and I, and this, this spiritual grace comes in, comes into play, and allows us to be able to walk in this relationship. It's relationship over religion, See, people get locked into religion. This is kind of how religion is. But see, religion, okay, it's there. But relationship with Jesus is what he desires. Relationship with Jesus is what he wants, right? You, you don't approach a relationship with any friend that you have or any marriage you have or anything like that, and you put it in this religion box, do's and don'ts, right? No, when you have a regular relationship with someone, there's going to be kind of give and take sometimes in a sense of the fact that, you know what, they're not going to always do the right thing, but still you're going to give them grace. You're still going to like them. You're still going to love them. Instead of like, no. You know, you're, you're, going, to, you're going to kind of just be connected in a way that, that you're growing. So everything can change for you with one encounter with Jesus. And really, today could be that day. I mean, we all come to this crossroads, right? I mean, you could be sitting here thinking right now, okay, Pastor Scott, you know, this grace that you're preaching seems to be easy, right? It, it seems to let us kind of off the hook of all the stuff that we've got going on, you know, and if grace is really that good, why can't I just live the, my own way? Why can't I just do what I want to do? And really, if you think about it, that's deeply embedded within our flesh, within who we are. But, but, but here's the thing that Paul said in Romans chapter 6. He says this, Well then, <laughs> I love that, Well then, should we keep on sinning? so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So God's grace 
isn't a license to sin, it's a license from sin. I mean, there's a better way moving forward. There's a better way than spending our lives on this earth, really spending more than we can afford sin-wise. Kind of like, you know, consumers who constantly are using this grace to do what they want, which is wrong. Now, please understand, I'm, I'm talking to believers here because, you know, sometimes believers think, well, hey, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, kind of sloppy grace. You just kind of, yeah, well, God will, God will cover me for that. Well, no, that's not how he wants us to live. But then at the same time, I'm also talking to you as unbelievers who think, well, no, I'm good. I'm a good person, and I will go to heaven. But you know what? A good person just doesn't cut it. You won't go to heaven, right? Because God's grace comes in and covers those who lean in and recognize there is a Savior named Jesus who wants a relationship with them and wants spiritual growth to happen within them, all because he, he chooses to love us. He loves each and every one of you. But see, the enemy, kind of, and even the world, I think, at times causes us to really struggle with that possibility of his love being a, a, a thing of grace. Because our humanity, right, in us, our love is conditional towards one another. Because it's condition-based, right? If you do this, then I'll love you. If you don't do this, then I won't love you. But, but God's love is totally different. Jesus' love is unconditional. No matter what you do, he loves you. He likes you, <laughs> right? I mean, a lot of times, you know, we obviously will tell you God loves you. But at the same time, have you ever really had a pastor tell you God likes you? Because sometimes we think, well, why would God like me? Okay, you said he loves me. I've heard that a thousand times. Yes, I've heard John three sixteen a million times. Okay, I get it. But at the same time, we have to understand he likes you. I mean, you like hanging out with people that you like, right? Most of the, yeah, look at all you kind of just staring at me. You know you like to hang out with people you like, right? And you usually stay away from the people you don't like. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay, thank you. I just want to make sure that, that, that you're tracking with me. But he likes you. So you can choose to go your own way. I think that was coined by Fleetwood Mac, Right? You could, yeah, there you go. Someone's rocking it out right now. Woo. All right. But you could choose to go your own way, or you can choose to go and get closer to the one who paid for your sin, who paid the debt in full, right? But it's your choice. And so again, man, you might be here and your life might be just super messy, right? You might have this super messy past, or maybe, you know what? You're the opposite. And, you know, you grew up watching Veggie Tales, you know, and you, and you watched the Left Behind series and you listened to Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, man, I'm pulling out some old stuff, right? Okay, Lecrae or whatever. And chose to walk away because I've known people like that. 
They grew up in Christianity. They, they grew up serving the Lord, and then they've chosen to walk away. So that could be you. Or maybe you have a story that just has a ton of stuff, right? And you carry all this stuff from your childhood, right? But just know this, Jesus will never reject you. Jesus will never, ever, 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 I could just go on and on, ever, 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 ever reject you. In fact, he'll go after you. He'll go after you. I mean, he even shared in the parable of Luke, in Luke 15 about the shepherd left the 99 to go get the one. See, we serve a God who is in a hot pursuit of you. And sometimes we think sometimes, oh, I ran into a Christian or I'm here or I'm here just randomly. <laughs> no. Can I just debunk that? Because Jesus is after you. It's not by mistake that you ran into someone who, who shared something with you or someone prayed with you or something happened and you're kind of like, yeah. No, it's not by mistake because he's actually chasing after you. And he'll never reject you. But he wants, he, 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 he'll accept you as a son, as a daughter. No matter how... No matter how super glued or duct taped you are back together in your life. You ever feel like that? Just somehow I'm super glued on. I, I don't know how this is going. John chapter 3, verse 17 says this For God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge, to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. Now, if you're a believer, I want you to key into this again because I'm going to read it again, but think about this. For God did not send his son into the world in order to judge, to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world. If you're a believer, that is not your job either. Can I just tell you that? It's not your job to condemn the world. But it says this, that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him, that we would be praying for people, not sticking our finger out and judging. Because that is not what Jesus came for. Again, man, this, this is the gospel story, that God so loved the world that he gave his son, his only begotten son. He was born to a virgin named Mary. He came to earth and lived among us, right? To experience life as both man and God. Yet he knew no sin. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter so that upon his shoulders he could take our sin and shame so he could carry it. And Jesus made his way carrying this cross towards Calvary. He was mocked and he was wrongly accused. Yet, 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 he was willing to take it on. He was willing to become sin for all humanity, right? He hung between two thieves who were guilty, by the way, yet he was not guilty. He took the nails in his hands, nails in his feet. Why? Because he said you were valuable. Everyone in this room, outside to this room, it's because you are valuable. It's time we start thinking that way, right? 
He took it because you are valuable, you are worth it, and that he would never overlook you. Even if your past says something else, even if your now says something else, he will still choose you. Man, this is the the Easter love story, right? Again, he was beaten. He endured endured a brutal punishment. He endured a brutal punishment that really, by thank God, by God's grace, we aren't going to get. Because it really should have been us when we look at it. And this is what Isaiah 53, 5 says. It says, but he, is, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And through the scripture, I can see Jesus carrying the weight of the cross while thinking about what is available to each and every one of us in this moment. I see him bound in place with nails because he had a vision of you and I walking free. I see him raised up, mocked and scorned so that we could walk blameless and delivered. And I believe that when he went to the grave, he was not just intent on carrying our sins, but I think he was intent on burying our sins. So that when judgment takes place, Uh, In the courtroom of heaven, when the enemy comes, the enemy will have no evidence, no evidence of our past sins. No evidence of any wrongdoing. Why? Because it would be covered in the blood of Jesus. And on that third day when sin and shame Shame and weight of the world was, was carried into that pit. Praise God, Jesus was raised to life, right? Jesus was reigning in victory, shining in splendor, standing up with power so that although we were once hopeless in our sin, we can be raised to life with him, free from sin's grip, free from the sting of death, Right? We don't even have to fear death. So maybe you're here today, right? and a relationship with Christ would be a brand new thing to you, brand new experience. And maybe, you know, and maybe there's something going on in your heart right now while you've been sitting here right? that's trying to convince you of the fact that there is a better way to live. There's a better way to, 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 than you're living right now. Or maybe you used to walk with Jesus. And you got caught up in prodigal living. And so you just kind of veered away. And you kind of became reckless. Basically living for yourself. And no matter what that is, no matter what what it is, the truth is when we surrender our lives to Jesus, 
the course of your life will change. Right? Something will shift. God's spirit will begin living inside of you and everything just begins to change. A transformation, a work begins to develop on the inside of you that if you allow to, to fully develop will transform your outside life as well. It'll transform form you inside and it'll begin to transform you on the outside. But it's about spiritually leaning in. It's like being born all over again. This is what Galatians says. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. Now he's talking from the perspective that if I gave my life to Jesus, now this is kind of what he's talking about. It, it happens. He says, my old life has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now to some, that might sound scary. What? My whole life is gone? No, it's not. Okay. He says, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what happens is there's a process, a transformational process where the old man begins to, 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 to dissolve and a new man, a forgiven man, a life full, uh, a man full, or a woman full of life begins to happen. And Romans 4, 25 says this, my last scripture. Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins and was raised back to life to prove that he had made us right with God. So if you would, um, every eye closed just for a moment. And maybe you're here, you're here today and you don't know Jesus the way we are talking about Jesus. Um, I mean, you know him. I mean, you're in close proximity to him, which maybe is because of your people. But today, would you honestly say to yourself, man, I don't have a relationship with him. I've never placed a value on Jesus in my life. But today, this Easter Sunday, man, I want to change that. Because I recognize and realize my sin has been paid in full by God's grace. Or maybe you're a person that used to walk with him. And today is your day. You want to rededicate your life to him on Easter because you too realize and recognize, yeah, my sin has been paid in full. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to count to three. And at the end of three, if you're here today and you want to boldly lift up your hand, And I would even say, when you lift up your hand, lift up your head. And you want to acknowledge that you want to put value on Jesus. It's no longer about proximity in your life. It's about, I value him. Then I want to give you that opportunity. And so all I'm asking at the end of three, just raise up your hand, open your eyes. And we want to be able to celebrate that. There is no pressure. There is no, you know, hey, you got to do it. 
But see, this is something where it's going to be between you and Jesus. But it, it's, a, it's also awesome to have people celebrate. And so, one, two, three. If there's anybody here today, praise God. Praise the Lord. We have something that they're going to give to you right now. Okay, we want to pass this out to you. And I want every single person in, in this place to join me. Join me in praying this prayer with these people. Okay? Pray this prayer with us. Because we do this as family. We don't do it as, you know, just owe oh, them. No, we do it as a family. So pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you come into my life today. I place a value on you. And I thank you that you are my Lord and my Savior. I thank you that in my life, I now have somebody who walks with me, who is a friend to me, who loves me. And I am grateful that my sins are forgiven. That everything has been paid in full. And that my life is now yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.